the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, it's a Thursday. It's 2 o'clock, and as always, J.R. Davis from the uh, governor's office, the spokesman for the governor, is uh, here in the studio to join us. Let's start off by, tell us where the governor is. He's doing some uh, work uh, out in New Mexico, huh? He is. He is. He was uh, just recently... um uh, it was just announced that the president had uh, the intent to appoint him to the governor's council, or the council of governors, I should say, uh, with NGA, and so he's out there doing that today, and he'll be back in Arkansas tomorrow. Well, explain to us what that means for the governor. What, what is his responsibilities on that? Well, essentially, it's a, a makeup of different governors from uh, around the country, and they uh, discuss uh, and, and help kind of, you know, um, they discuss different policy issues, especially with security um, and his back, background at Homeland Security, defense, sort of things like that. So just it's sort of just a, a perspective of the governors from around the country when it comes to specific policy measures, but specifically securities. So Okay, so am I right in assuming then that would mean that these governors are talking about school security from active shooters as well as security of uh, protecting the borders they're talking about a number of different issues yeah i mean a, the big part of it is that the, the governor's uh, uh is excited about this opportunity not just for um himself but for the state of arkansas that he can represent them there with the council of governors uh, specifically on those issues but they discuss a lot of different things uh, when it comes to policies and and sort of help direct some of those things as well from a state's perspective so it's a lot of different things they'll talk about but certainly yeah, i'm sure school security but really also national security um, border security those sorts of things and obviously with the governor's background as undersecretary of homeland security he can provide a lot of uh, uh, information and experience on those topics all right so he's excited about you know, having that type of input, the state should be, of course, proud of their governor that the president of the United States believed that he was an, an important part to be added to that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that just gives Arkansas another platform to discuss these issues, as uh, especially with, you know, President Trump's been in office for two years. There's still a lot of things that Congress is looking at. And we've got the immigration issue here. We've got uh, trade policies that are, um, you know, we've heard a lot about with tariffs and things like that. And I think these governors will play a big role in at least, you know, helping direct some of those policies and, and also just being able to advocate for their states and say, this is how this certain policy will affect us here on the ground. Uh, I think that's an important voice that under the Trump administration really has uh, strengthened uh, since 2016. So that tells me that the governor hasn't been infected like a lot of Republicans and all of the Democrats with, you know, the whole uh, Trump disorder, uh, the Trump uh, syndrome that's going on amongst a lot of people. The governor doesn't have that, not even got a light case of it. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm just saying it's what many of us are referring to with the way things are being said by Democrats. And then there's a few 
Republicans in the House and in the Senate that are talking silliness. Yeah, and I guess you're talking about everything that stemmed from his overseas. Yeah, but uh, it, it was yeah. going on before that. It's sure. the never-Trumpers is what yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, I think the governor knows, number one, that we have uh, uh, an administration that we can work with, number one. Yeah. And I think that's a, a huge positive for states like Arkansas. Um, I think under this administration, the voices of governors have been strengthened. Uh, which is another smart move on their part because, you know, again, these governors, you know, they see what happens with these policies once they're in. I mean, look, Congress is the one that passes the laws. Uh, you have the separation of powers at the federal level, but then it comes down to the states and the governors see firsthand how these policies affect the lives of their citizens. So, um, yeah, I think the governor really appreciate, appreciates that relationship with this administration. Uh, obviously, uh, President Trump, it was a. Uh, Man, jam-packed trip overseas with NATO and then to Great Britain and talking about Brexit and then over to Helsinki. And I think the governor was uh, disappointed by some of the things that the president said at that news conference uh, with uh, President Putin um, and and wished that he had gone a different way on some of that. Um, But at the same time, too, this president has done a lot of good uh, in a short amount of time for uh, the people of this country, but the people of Arkansas as well, with tax cuts and things like that. So, um, yeah, the governor's not afraid to to uh, say what he thinks and disagree at times, but for the most part, we've had a really great relationship with this administration. I've not known any politician that I agreed with 100% at right. the time. Right. You know, yeah. I've not known that. But the people that are going just absolutely back guano about this <laughs> stuff, you know, or I could... There's not a perfect. There's not a, a anything you can say with ape. I'm just saying. I yeah. can say back guano and, and I get you. away with yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, the, I look at what people are saying. Uh, Maxine Waters and and some of the other people. And, I say Maxine Waters is probably not the person the Democrats want out there. Uh, <laughs> I would agree cause, with you on that. Think. They've tried to shut her up and yeah. haven't been able to. Now she's saying that people are showing up at her rallies, which includes about. 40 people uh i i hope everybody went on youtube and looked at the rally as the media called it of the people that showed up outside the capitol when she was talking about uh how this president should be impeached and this president should be removed from office and there's about 40 people now she's saying there must be like 42 people because she says that uh, her life's been threatened. So I'm just saying. It's, well. It's, it's a serious matter for Maxine Waters. That's all I can say. And, well, and there's a lot of other people that are saying silly stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I don't. we should never condone anyone making threats against no. someone's life, especially for politics. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of reap what you sow. I mean, she's up there at, at, at uh, events calling for people to do just that for people that work in the Trump administration. And now she's surprised that she's getting those same sorts of threats from the opposite side. I think we've got to figure out a way where we can actually have this dialogue in a manner that is productive and that we can get our uh, our sides across. But, you know, I, I think being surprised by that is, is sort of uh, an oxymoron at this point. But... Did you see the uh, the Democrats trying to, what is her name, Cruz, the, the socialist, 
saying, no. well, I don't care if anybody calls me a socialist. Well, no kidding. You belong right, to the American right. Socialists of America. Yeah, well, that's, what's the, that's the scariest part. You've got people that are just blatant socialists out there campaigning as that. And Look, I think the, the midterm elections – uh, it's easy to say that, you know, sort of the canvas has been painted in July, and I think that couldn't be further from the truth. I think a lot's going to happen between now and then. I think the tariffs and, and potential tariffs and, uh, and, and the escalating trade war will probably have something to do with what happens in November. If we walk it back or we see some benefits of that, I think it will greatly help our party. Um, but at the same time, too, I, I think that, uh, you know, when, when you're, when you're, you know, elected by the people to serve, and you're put in a position of power and control. People want to see um, want to see something uh, good there. They want to see you lead, and they want to see that the 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 country is is headed in a better direction. And I think if you look at the economy, apart from the trade war and, and tariffs, I think that you know most people aren't going to argue with you that we're in a good position right now. So there's a lot to be done between now and then, and I think that you know Republicans just have to continue put their heads down and work and make sure that they uh, keep the confidence of the American people as we head into the midterms. Yeah, I had Larry Kudrow uh, on yesterday, and uh, he made the statement that they thought that they were going to have at least 160 million people with jobs, maybe more, uh, that the, uh, the economy was going to grow over the next two to three quarters by 4%. And then he slid in maybe even 5%. Wow. Percent. That would be uh, uh, I mean, surprising that, to say the least. That's on fire. As, yeah. I mean, that's that crazy. Point. Yeah. And that's why I think that people, you know, I, I think, look, from a strategy standpoint, I completely support the president with trying to correct some of these imbalances. Um, you know, I was reading an But article. how do you go about doing it? Well, that's how do you go question. about doing it? That's one. And I think right now, as far as where we are, I think the momentum that we had going into the new year and even the first couple of months of the new year, uh, I think the tariff talks and the and the impending trade war certainly uh, starts to scare folks. And I think, too, in Midwest states where he does have a lot of those supports, you have uh, supporters, um, you know, you've got the farming community, the agriculture mm-hmm. community that are really like right worried here about in Arkansas. this right now. Right here in Arkansas. And then I was reading an article today, you know, talking about Spartanburg, South Carolina, and the BMW plant there and 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 these new proposed tariffs that they're opening the public comment period on um, on automobiles uh, that's scary to folks there thinking that if they start you know scaling back production there and moving some things over to china or back to germany uh so i i just think right now it's an unfortunate timing heading into the midterms because i think that takes a little bit away uh, takes a little bit of um the momentum away uh moving into november but but again i think uh you know if you've got uh you know, the chief economist of the United States saying that, hey, look, we're in a good position and we think this is going get, to get even better as we move through the year and into 2019. That's that's obviously a positive message to take forward. So we've, you know, we've got uh, Judge Kavanaugh uh, up there that's, that's being... Yeah, I was going to ask about yeah. that. Uh, I saw an article today that said that he may run into more problems than a lot of people think he will that the the Democrats may try to bork him like they did, uh, you know the yeah. you know bork back in the eighties, and I just think for them, bad move. Well, I think that again, I think the Democrats. I just 
the National Democrats, I don't understand sort of the strategy on, on the way they're thinking moving towards November, uh, one of which is I, th- I think what they're, they're banking on now is that uh, the president has upset enough Republicans in the Senate uh, through the Helsinki summit uh, that somehow they may have some sort of uh, – you know, protest vote against Kavanaugh. I just don't see that happening. I think that you can separate the two. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the Democrats are thinking. I think this is something they'll obviously try to flex the little bit of muscle they have left. Uh, I think Kavanaugh will get confirmed. And, and I bring that up uh, before your question just to say there's a lot of positive things happening right now. And I think it's incumbent upon Republicans to really push that message of what we've done so far, where we're going. Uh, and and again, hitting on specifics like you know growing the economy by four or five percent in in the future. So I mean, there's a lot of really good things happening right now. We've got to be able to take our sights off of the right now and look a little bit beyond uh, the moment and and really paint a picture that Americans want to vote for as far as the future goes. All right. So right now, I'm looking up at the uh, TV screen we got here in the studio, and the uh, president is uh, addressing people there about his new pledge to America's workers. I don't know if you've heard anything about this yet, uh, Jr. but President Trump is launching a White House effort to promote high-tech retraining for workers, preparation for a workplace that will uh, increasingly be dominated by data and automation, Workers, particularly in parts of the industrial Midwest, where Trump is strong, are rightly worried about the threat to jobs from robots uh, and uh, automation. This is an effort by the White House to use Trump's bully pulpit to push companies to help their employees deal with job insecurity. Governors, mayors, and business groups will also be enlisted. The key goal is retraining workers so they can fill data economy jobs that are created in their current workplaces rather than being laid off. I think it's a great idea. Well, he's way ahead of the curve. Absolutely. And if you look at on a local level, that's something that the governor has really pushed in his three years as governor or three and a half years as governor um, as far as worker training and making sure that we have good relationships with our high schools, our two-year colleges, uh, technical colleges, four-year universities, those sorts of things that we can connect – students and non-traditional students and current workers uh, that we can retrain them for uh, the modern day economy and it's changing it's man it seems like it changes month to month as far as the new technologies and things like that and i think it's it's incumbent upon us to make sure that the future generation and even those who are working now have the opportunity to be retrained and re-educated uh, for the modern-day workplace. That's how you grow the workforce. That's how you grow the economy. You want businesses to look at Arkansas and say, we want to do business there. We want to bring our headquarters there. It's because of the workforce. And I think we've seen a lot of positives in that, but we've got a long way to go as far as to continue to build that workforce. If you're standing still, you're, you're not moving forward, obviously. And um, I think the governor's, uh, that's what the governor's been working on here in the state of Arkansas. So I, I think that's a great initiative by the White House, by President Trump. And, and uh, I think uh, as far as the global stage goes, uh, it's good for the world to see what we're doing here in America. So. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about this when we uh, return. We've got to get our first break in. J.R. Davis, spokesman for the governor, is in the studio with us today. 
uh, as he is on most Thursdays. We'll get after, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't get the governor to come back in here in the next couple of weeks, talk about what went on out in New Mexico and things of that nature, what are some things they're talking about. I'd like to talk about this as as well. All right, did you know that there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? And there are 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook. And that's all true. And to make matters worse, the Social Security Administration is actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. So you're totally on your own. That's uh, no wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. Learn how you can uh, wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas, host of the David Lucas Show here on 101.1 The Answer. Uh, He's on at 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays. And to get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501 six five three sixty six ninety don't leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table get back every nickel that's rightfully yours call five oh one six five three sixty six ninety or visit david lucas financial dot com that's five oh one six five three sixty six ninety news is coming up uh, in just a few moments, we'll get our uh, one-minute update. I'm sure they'll talk about the president and talking about this new way of pushing America forward by helping a lot of people over the next decade are going to lose their jobs to artificial intelligence and robotics and IT. So if that's the case, then you got to retrain your workforce to be able to fill those jobs. I mean, I really was excited here in the last uh, couple of weeks as I started seeing that people were leaving the jobs they were in. And people, I'll never forget, my wife looked at me like I was nuts. And she goes, why are you excited about that? I said, that's because they're leaving their jobs because they feel they can get a better job. It pays more and stuff. And that means then the people who've been waiting to get a better job as well can move into their jobs and pay will go up too. It's it's a cycle that happens. Be exciting. All right, let's get to the news. We'll come back with continue our discussion with uh, J.R. Davis, spokesman of the of the governor's office right after that newscast. All right, let's finish up our uh, Remaining time with J.R. Davis. He's the spokesman for the governor's office. We've touched base on one thing. Uh, We've been talking about that the governor has been uh, asked by uh, President Trump to be a a leader amongst the governors here in uh, the United States. It's a very cool thing that uh, has happened. And uh, I'm I'm with J.R. It's not only for uh, the governor, but it's a big deal for the state, and uh, that's, that's just a wonderful thing. I'm just really happy to see that that happened. Well, let's move a little closer to, to home uh, here in Arkansas, and let's talk about Mickey Gates, state representative. Uh, the governor now has asked him to resign. 
the lieutenant governor has asked him to resign, and the attorney general has ha- has asked him to, to resign. And I don't know who they are, but I have uh, read uh, some other stories that there's been uh, a lot of uh, elected officials uh, in the Republican Party uh, in the state government who have asked him to resign as well. And as of yet, that has not happened. Correct. What happens if he does decide not to run for general election? He is in uh, this race as the nominee of the Republican Party. Uh, if he get if he says, "Well, I'm just I'm just not going to run." From what I understand, the only way this the the state Republican Party gets involved with whoever is going to take his place, if anybody can, other than a write-on, uh, write-in, would be illness, he leaves the district that he's running in, or uh, he says that he's going to file to run for a different office. So where does that leave us? Does that mean that we can't pick a different, uh, you know, have a convention, pick a different person the Republican Party to run, and honestly, yeah, I've, I've heard both actually that you know there's no way to replace him, and then that yes, the party would be able to uh, replace him on the ballot. I I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I know uh, obviously the party would be better suited to answer it, but I I think in this case that you know the governor held off commenting uh, when this first happened because he wanted to know uh, as much as he could about it. Uh, you know, two weeks ago he spoke with representative gates on the phone they've known each other for a long time mm-hmm. and he listened to him um and you know after they talked he just said i think this you know the um best way to handle this is you, you need to go focus on this but you don't need to do it in the public uh, arena um and that was the governor's comments to him and thought that he should resign uh, after that conversation, he wanted to give him time to speak with his colleagues, uh, think it over, and and his hope was that uh, Representative Gates would resign on his own. That hadn't happened, and the governor just thought at this point it was important for the public to know where he stood on on this issue. Now, granted, it's the executive branch. That's about all the governor can do at this point. Yeah. Um, but he just wanted to make sure that, that people understood where he was coming from on it. Well, it may be the executive branch, but he's the leader of the party, basically. Absolutely, yeah. He's a titular head of the party, and I think what he says carries a lot of weight. Um, but at the same time, too, and he understands there's a due process here, and and he wants Representative Gates. I mean, I think it's important to have his day in court, uh, and and uh, you know, there's the whole innocent till proven guilty thing. But um, I think at this point, to especially with everything that surrounded uh, Arkansas and Little Rock as of late, with uh, you know preferred family and things like that. Uh, the governor, and it's the point is that look, this shouldn't be hashed out in the public arena. Let's you know resign, resign your post, and then let's you know go take care of your business. And that was his uh, message to Representative Gates. So that's where the governor is on it, and that's uh, those are his comments, and and he's left it at that. Well, if, if somebody is out there that can give us a definitive answer on what the party can do if. Gates cannot run or decides not to run, uh, we'd like to have a definitive answer on that. I've heard the same thing that you've heard. I just nailed the three things that it says that if those three things happen, you can. If those three things aren't happening or one of those three are not happening, 
you cannot. So, hey, uh, Russ, you've got uh, Doyle's phone number, don't you? He thinks he does. Uh, I got it. If you need it, I'll just forward it to you. But uh, see if we can get him on to talk about this because it's going to be a, become a big deal yeah. because if not, we're just going to hand over a seat in the House. One seat not going to make much of a difference, to be honest. Uh, but uh, I don't like to give a free pass to the Democrats on nothing. Sure, yeah, and I, and I think this is, in the governor's mind, too, is, is above and beyond that. We, we just want to be able to provide uh, the public um, with – you know the uh, the trust in in the system, and and the fact is that that's come under a lot of scrutiny as of late by a few bad actors. I think mostly, and I would say overwhelming majority of of the legislature are there to serve the public, and um, and they have done so uh, in good fashion and and with integrity. But again, you have some of those bad actors; they take up the headlines, and and I think in this case, this was just another issue that doesn't need to be. Uh, uh, you know hashed out in public and and i think for representative gates um and and everyone affected by this uh would be better to resign your post and take care of that uh, privately and so that's what the governor was getting at and as far as you know what happens in november and and if let's say he continues and and wins then that's another issue too for the house and so again the governor said what the governor uh wanted to say about this and just make sure the public knew where he stood as the leader of the party and and he did that on tuesday all right just so you know i just sent i sent his number to you russ so it's coming your way all right so the the judge gates is saying that he's not guilty uh that's what i'm reading in today's article uh that's from the sentinel record and uh, hot springs and uh, what they're what they're saying about all of this and they wrote quite a a long piece on it today Mm -hmm. uh hutchinson spokesman jamie barker who i contacted to see if he wanted to come on today but he's getting ready to to finish up an adoption for his family with one of the boys that they have and uh he said that hutchinson asked gates to resign a week and a half ago and after giving sufficient time for Representative Gates to do the right thing on his own, the governor felt the need to make the statement publicly that Mickey should resign. On June 28th, Hutchinson said Gates should assure the public that he is handling his tax situation or step aside. Now, what does this all mean for Mickey Gates? If he is found guilty, this would be a... Uh, a tax uh, failure uh, forfeiture, basically a class D felony. It's punishable by a sentence of up to six years in the Arkansas Department of Correction, along with a fine of up to $10,000. Each count represents one year in which Gates is accused of failing to file returns 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Daniel Schultz, legal counsel for the State Board of Election Commissioners, told the Sentinel Record earlier this month that the election code's vacancy and nomination provision is the controlling statute for placing a candidate on the general election ballot outside of the regular party 
nomination process. Now, Gates defeated Don Pierce, 2327-1356, in the May 22nd Republican primary. The statute goes on and provides that a vacancy in nomination occurs when the person who received the most votes, in this case it's Gates, uh, in the preferential primary notifies the state party committee of an intent to refuse the nomination because of, quote, serious illness moving out of the area from which elected as the party's nominee or filing for another office, unquote. Did not, isn't that what, um, who is the the state, um, the congressman up there in this whole debacle with Woods. Oh, Mike and Neil? Neil, didn't he do something that took him out legally and somebody else could run for the the office or whatever? You know, I I don't actually remember the specifics, but I think he just re, I think he resigned. Okay. Uh I'd have to go back and look. I know that and when the whole thing with Woods happened, he he decided not to run again, and so his he timed out and and so I, I can't remember exactly what happened with with Mike O'Neill, but um, yeah, I mean, this is something that obviously will be clarified sooner rather than later. Yeah, but, I would think within the next week. Yeah, yeah, and and a thing, I, you know, Key maintains his innocence, and and uh, and the governor's not saying anything, um, uh, and uh, you know, contradicting that at all. He's just saying again, it do just the right ha- thing. do the right thing, and 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 just you know, let's not hash this out in, in public, and 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 take care of this privately. Um, and, you know, so I think that's the right thing to do at this point. Um, and as far as, um, you know, November's concerned, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but, but I think that's kind of the, where we are at this point. All right. So when we come back, we got to get a break in. Cannabis licenses have been authorized now, five different companies. That happened because the state Supreme Court said, they had uh, the right to get the, the licenses, so that's going to be taken care of. The, the folks that are going to be selling the medicinal marijuana are going to be picked here in the near future. We can talk a little bit about that. And uh, it, it's interesting to have watched this whole thing uh, go down, Jr. because because it's an absolutely new thing. Yep. It has been kind of a cluster at times yeah and if i will if people remember back in the 2016 campaign uh when this issue was on the ballot that's what the governor said that time and time again that you're essentially building a mini fda uh here in arkansas as far as little agencies concerned on something like medicinal marijuana and because it is medicinal that's the lens in which you have to look through yep. and uh and it's and it's if it's medicine there's way more that goes into it and so that's where we are right now this is uh, if you look down, I believe it was, um, gosh, it was, uh, I want to say maybe Louisiana or, or something like that. They, I think they voted it, and they before Arkansas uh, voters um, passed it, and they're still trying to implement it. So it takes some time. So let me ask one last question before we go to break. What do you think about Oklahoma? Oklahoma, okay, yeah. medicinal marijuana, and coming up yeah. pretty soon, they're going for recreational. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, 
I think Oklahoma is an anomaly on a lot of things right now. I mean, they've got a lot of issues that are facing their state, especially from a budget perspective. But yeah, I mean, the fact that they've uh, passed this and they're up and running and they should be handing out uh, or should have those their, I guess, version of the dispensaries or whatever um, by the end of the summer is, is pretty amazing. But that is that is certainly... Uh, the exception and not the rule on what, uh, from what we've seen from other states, including Colorado. It took a long time to get theirs up and running. So it's just, like you said before, it's a new frontier. Uh, the state of Arkansas has never had to deal with this before. We want to make sure we're doing it in the right way with that focus of medicinal. Um, and uh, so it, it, you know, it's going to happen. It will happen. And it just has taken a little bit longer than some people thought. Um, but... I know when we get back on the other side of the break, uh, there's some updates on that, and I think the dispensaries are are uh, about to truck along a little bit faster than uh, what's going on with the cultivation licenses, and so we can get into that a little bit more after well, that. Well, I had all the people on that are yep. the, the movers and shakers on that, and they said they thought it'd be on the shelf for the people who could buy it mm-hmm. by May of next year. All right, let's take a break. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. J.R. Davis will be back for one more segment. Stick with me. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so let me ask you a question. I was talking to Jr. during the break about this. So we had kind of a one-on-one moment talking to each other. And you can take that for whichever way you want to. That I don't want you to hear what I'm talking to him about or what. I mean, that's the way some people are feeling about Trump. I was talking about that as well when he (laughs) was meeting with Putin by himself, you know. Well, we don't know what he said. So what? Maybe you don't need to hear what he was saying at that moment. That's called diplomacy at times you know you don't put it all out there in front of everybody yeah the democrats are trying to bring in the interpreter uh, oh that's so hilarious republicans uh, knocked that down today but yeah i mean it's uh it is a it's just hard to watch the news you can't (laughs) you can't bring that just shows you what the the democrats have all they have is hearsay that is all they have i i think mueller that's all he's got you know the only people that he's really uh going after i mean manafort and who else has he you know given ever given a hard time uh albanon okay so both of those guys it's not even anything about collusion you know nothing it's only the russians that got they got for collusion yeah and i think that that's that's probably where there's the the messages kind of miss each other a little bit the questions and the answers and i think that's what you read most of the uh, reports and and i think and you listen to some of the staff coming out of the white house and and the president's concerns is that you know any more talk of this and any connection some sort of undermines his presidency and that's not you know that's not what what was that's not the subject that's being talked about right now. That's whether or not Russia meddled in the election. Yeah. And I think that that absolutely is the case, that Russia meddled in the election. And I think it's uh, important for uh, the national intelligence community uh, and Congress to obviously make sure that does not happen anymore. That's the question. Yes, they did. And then I think when we get past that, and start, you know, the, the president starts um, – starts defending himself about the collusion part that's that's not the question right now but he's been asked it so many times i think that's immediately where he pivots you know and so they just kind of they're you know like ships passing in the night they don't quite it's not the no. n- not the direct answer to the direct question so, and so so here's the direct question because i wanted to call i wanted to stir the pot a little bit there and people think that i was talking to you about stuff that you're giving me inside information and i'm not going to share it with them but no anyway <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive Jr. crazy. I start my own storyline going here. Got my own narrative. <laughs> Wick line to be going crazy. Uh, but anyway, with, with that said, my mic slowly turns off. <laughs> over in Oklahoma, they pass medicinal marijuana. They are going to have another election within a couple of months for recreational marijuana. How does that then change our way we work with Oklahoma? Because our our people can drive right across the border and and buy marijuana. They, now they bring it back. They're breaking the law. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it opens up an, a, another obstacle for law enforcement here in the state. I mean, again, we've passed medicinal marijuana. That's still uh, in the works. But when, I mean, look at Colorado. I mean, what are the states surrounding Colorado? What what did they have to do once they passed recreational uh, marijuana? So, again, it's just it's a, it's another obstacle for um, for our state. But obviously we'll have to address it but yeah i mean it makes a especially in places like fort smith where you cross a bridge and yep. you're right there in rolling oklahoma so um yeah something that we'll certainly be watching uh, as the election there approaches but uh like i said before and i i don't pretend at all to be an expert on oklahoma but it's a very uh, uh interesting time over there from from that and 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 the budgets and school and you know we've got teacher walkouts and so there's a lot going over there it's a reporter's dream, I would believe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, or nightmare. Or treasure trove, yeah, nightmare, depending on the staff Having to level stay up the, late yeah. at night to get all the stories yeah. taken care of. Yep. Now, JR, we're out of time. I appreciate you coming by. Uh, I, I put in a word in JR's ear that when the governor gets back, we should try to get him in here. There's sure. a lot of things to talk about, about Mickey Gates and all the other things that are going on. But uh, he's a busy guy, so I just... Watch for my time. Just watch for your time. Yeah, you know, he yeah. says. He says when you know. I just keep asking, and then he'll say, "Yeah, I got the time now. I'll yeah. be happy to come by." Yeah, he always talk. enjoys it and likes to talk about what's going on. And obviously, uh, I like to think I have a good grasp of what's going on in the office. But uh, that what M and M's? I don't know. I don't know what's going on? Oh, talk about. Well, you talk about me. Okay, I'll, I'll let you in on that. Anyway, the, he enjoys it, and, uh, and so we'll get him in soon. And, yeah, and, that and, was uh, at the Republican National Convention. By the way, I'm looking forward to going to Charlotte in a couple of years. Yeah. That's where we're going to have it at. It's going to be in New North Carolina. Well, they announced it yesterday. All right. That's, I bet you that's where... Uh, Book your tickets. Do- yeah, I bet you that's where Doyle's going to. I bet you that's, he's getting on a plane right now. I bet you that's where he's heading. All right. No more time. Got to let JR get out of Thanks, here and Dave. go do his job. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, JR. We got more that'll come your way in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we move into, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the second hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, the, the congressman from the uh, second district, French Hill, is joining us today. And, Congressman, thanks for giving us a uh, half hour of your time. And, uh, to spend some time talking here on the Dave Ellswick Show. How you doing? Dave, it's great to be with you. I couldn't be more pleased to have a chance to spend time with you and hear what's on your mind and hear what the callers are thinking. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, how is it that you get along enough with the other uh, congressional people that are in the other party that have Trump derangement syndrome and saying the stupidest things I've ever heard of without pulling out your hair. Well, you haven't looked at the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I mean, seriously, I've never heard the like that's coming from them. It's, um, it is uh, over the top, and uh, I watched uh, with, you know, despair when our, our young friend, Sarah Sanders, who we've all known and watched yes. grow up in her dad's uh, shadow, and now a wonderful uh, young professional doing her work where she just, you know, there's one thing to disagree and one thing about disagreeing uh, civilly and, and not being disagreeable about that disagreement, but it's another thing just to question uh, just what time it is. And so uh, she is, I know, must be terribly frustrated. Yeah, well, I know I'm frustrated with the other side. I was frustrated with our side sometimes with the way that they they uh, they treated Obama, except that I can say that Ours was basically bathed and marinated in the stupid uh, kinds of of policies that he had. That, that's not what we're seeing here. We've got a president. Let's talk about immigration for a second and, and separating families. This president is not doing anything differently than what the previous president did and uh, the previous Democratic president before the the last democrat we had in fact it was that president that put a lot of this stuff into place well we have a a colossal uh horrible situation down on the southwest border where i've been four times and yeah. spent a lot of time with sheriffs and our and our men and women in uniform down there you know president obama in two years got ninety thousand unaccompanied children that were you know think of the horrific nature there that you cast your kids off in that environment with a coyote uh and we have and the obama administration struggled with this so mightily because of this famous flores agreement with the courts these kids were uh forced into essentially foster care or they stayed in one of these facilities depending on certain circumstances and we have these horrendous outcomes of human trafficking where these kids were assigned to a, quote, next of kin or someone that the Department of Human Services determined was a, an appropriate sort of foster care relationship awaiting legal adjudication. And we have these horrendous stories of human trafficking, child labor, prostitution. And so anytime you face this, it's a crisis. And of the uh, Twelve or so thousand kids uh, down on the border now during this most recent few months of the Trump administration, about 10,000 are in that same situation. So we only have 2,000 of, of 12 that came with an adult that we believe to be a, a family member. But it doesn't change the crisis nature of it. No, it, and it, it does not do that. And, you know, the bottom line is, is that the Congress and the Senate and we can spend some time talking about the Senate about this, have to revamp the immigration policy of the United States. This can be fixed if they'll not politicize it and get it fixed. I mean, look, they they wouldn't even sign on in the Senate yesterday to say, to say that ICE was a good, a good, good a bunch of guys and gals doing – protection for the united states the senators wouldn't even sign on to that how ridiculous is that we had uh, yesterday in the house we had 133 
Democratic members vote present uh, on a resolution which just simply supported uh, the law enforcement men and women attached to the uh, you know ICE agency that's out there catching bad guys every day, stopping people from coming in the country and trying to keep people uh, who are here uh, illegally out of the country. But we had 133 vote present. We had 34 Democrats vote no, which basically means they support the policy of eliminating ICE. Mm -hmm. And we had uh, 18 Democrats vote yes, which means they support the law and order uh, nature of this organization, which has been in existence in one form or another since we began federal immigration laws back in the 1890s. This is this is our front line uh, for uh, enforcement of our immigration laws. I'm just, Shelley Govar is part of our our uh, women. Uh, it's, it's my estrogen brigade, and she had <laughs> she had, she had a question for you, Congressman. Well, it's a quite it's more of voicing. I think what I feel. I mean, is I'm just infuriated. I really am. I, along with I believe many Arkansans and a many many tons of Americans right now, when we are seeing the left and the left wing media, mainstream media, go after ICE. And our policemen, our police officers across this country, the Border Patrol and ICE, okay, who are protecting us day in and day out. Put the lights throwing, on their line. Yes, and throwing them under the absolute bus. And that's okay. But anybody questioning the CIA and the FBI right now who has absolutely every single right, 100% to be questioning them right now. That's not okay. That's unpatriotic. It is absurd. It is hypocrisy at the highest level I've ever seen it. And I guess I just would like to know your thoughts. Well, I share that view. And if you're looking for consistency of mission or lack of hypocrisy here, you know, you're in the wrong, we're in the wrong town. I mean, this kind of thing is what, as a person who was in business for 35 years, and this is what drives me nuts about being here. I love my work representing the people in second district i love working on policies to help to get the economy to grow faster get our men and women a pay raise in first time in eight years and and that's why i supported uh president trump's idea of combining for the first time ever border security with real funding president clinton proposed this president bush got the authorization passed in the 06 time frame but it's never been funded that's why you have basically if you want to think about it, half the border security wall thing built. You have radios that don't work. You have manpower that's deficient. You don't use the technology that we use in any other theater of uh, high tech on monitoring. Uh, in fact, the cartels have higher technology, substantially better technology than our green uniform border patrol and our blue uniform customs agents have along the border. And so uh, I love the common sense view. Look, we have a broken immigration system. Uh, it's terrible legally. And we have an insufficient border security funding and planning. Okay. If we can fa- pass, pass a bill that improves that and it's better than current law, shouldn't we support it? Yeah. And so this is, where, this is where the president was coming from. And 
I, I mean, I, it frustrates me to say we came up short, and he offered Chuck Schumer and, and leaders of the opposition an equitable deal to help our dreamers uh, in the country. And, and people in the opposition party, they turned their back on that. They turned their back on it. And, you know, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, what, and, and as I say, frustrating. On yeah, what's well, really, really you know, frustrating, and I want people to remember what you read on Twitter is, for the most part, a bunch of BS. It is. Uh, especially when I'm reading about, well, the Democrats don't want to get rid of ICE. Say what? Bull. You know, what everything I've seen here recently is that they've seen this and they've been able to politicize it and they see it as a way to to drum up some extra votes and and they're they're kind of pushing on it there's some that aren't but i i believe the majority of them are you and the republican side at least are trying to get things done you followed along with the president who wanted to take and and fix daca and uh, it's just as you said he told schumer hey look we'll bring x amount of you know uh, dreamers here into this country and they turned it down. They're the ones who turned down a way to help those those uh, people, and still the people who are are uh, on the side of uh, of uh, you know opening completely opening the borders and and whatnot. They wouldn't even take that. It's got to send a signal to uh, to the American people when you think about basic law enforcement and how we revere our first responders, our fire police, our EMS, and our, our men and women in blue who police our streets and help us. And we feel the same way about these very important federal law enforcement officials. But let me tell you, 18 people voted to support the mission of ICE. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Just a resolution yeah. supporting the mission of ICE. If you don't have the resolution, it's, it was offered by Clay Higgins, who is a law enforcement man himself from Louisiana, is a freshman member of the House of Representatives. And uh, only 18 could support that. And it, it's, I mean, that's a problem. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it's if every Democrat can can come up to me and genuflect and kiss my ring finger if they want to and tell me, well, we don't believe in open borders and I'll call them a liar to their face. That's exactly they what they're pushing, exactly what they're uh, Congressman. And the American public should be very, very worried about that. And it should definitely tell them who they should need to vote for when they go to the polls in November. Well, let's let's say this. We need to continue to work, and you've been at the forefront of this as long as I've known you. We need to be at, at continue to push for fixing a broken immigration system, and we can't stop advocating for it. And I, I really hope that when the uh, the elections are over this fall and we have more U.S. senators and we retain the control of the United States House, that we'll bring this issue uh, back up uh, for uh, consideration immediately because the president has a heart to fix this. This is on his mm-hmm. list, and we now know he likes to go down his checklist and uh, this and that's is a one, huge reason the Americans voted for him. That's a big. Well, this is. Yeah. I mean, this is. This is. This is. He is driven. Uh, yes. He's a typical entrepreneur personality. He is driven to try to change things that need changing and to work down this list. And one of them that he campaigned on, as you point out, 
was a key reason why I think Americans voted for him for president Absolutely. was fixing this broken immigration system. Absolutely. we got to get a break in, Congressman. When we come back, Larry Kudrow was uh, on yesterday. He's had some interesting things to say. want to tell you about what he had to say, and he's been saying what you've been saying. And then let's talk about uh, trade and tariffs and what you think the end game is of what the what the uh, president is is doing let's talk about those right. two things when we come back here on the dave ellswick show hey look if you want a career if you want a career that lets you get out in the outdoors lets you work with your community uh if you're detail oriented you strive to do the right thing if you want a career with a leading company and can work with your hands and thrive in the outdoors you need to join the pi roofing team P.I. Roofing Home Solutions is expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. You can go and build your future with them. P.I. Roofing and Home Solutions has career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. Make a difference Together with the good folks at P.I. Roofing, all you have to do is apply at PIRoofing.com or call 501-707-3551. We'll get right back with uh, the congressman in in just a moment. Let me remind you about Sonny's Auto Salvage. Get any part that you need for your automobile through Sonny's Auto Salvage and save 50% on it over what it would cost you to buy it absolutely new. And his people can do the work for you to put in an engine, put in a transmission, uh, and then you can get uh, a warranty on any of those parts of one, two, or three years. Get a three-year parts and labor and unlimited mileage. And if you get that on a motor, get it on a transmission, that basically means you'll not have to do anything at all probably during the time that you own the car because by that time, uh, three years down the road, you probably want to be moving on to another automobile anyway. It all happens at Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. 982 is your number, 982 So Larry Kudlow was on uh, the show yesterday said in the next two or perhaps three quarters, Congressman, we're going to see four, maybe 4% growth. In fact, we might even see 5% per quarter growth. You talk about an economy that is burning up. If we get up to 5%, you guys in uh, in Washington won't know what to do with all the money that come your way and the American taxpayer won't know what to do with the money he'll extra money he'll have in his pocket. Well, I certainly hope the money comes in every citizen and family's pocket first, and whatever increased uh, growth produces in federal tax revenues, I hope we will hold the line on our spending priorities yes, and begin to pay down this debt that was so extraordinary during the recession, how fast it grew and how large it grew. And so it could be the best thing. Larry is doing a great job working for the president in the White House, and you're seeing the benefits of regulatory reform, which was the 
such a focus of last year and then the tax cuts and jobs act and the results in the economy are strong we've seen it in arkansas we see it all over rising wages more job opportunities it's encouraging and the atlanta fred's estimate that they thought growth could go over four percent is just you know exceptional i mean the the millennials don't even hardly understand this because they've never seen that type of of growth i mean during the time of reagan is the last time we saw that type of growth i i grew up in that uh, that stagnation time during the 70s so when reagan came in things exploded i was in the military and under carter you know they let most uh american fighting men and women were on literally on food stamps and then in came reagan and all of a sudden we got a raise morale went up things were good this president mirrors reagan a lot well he stayed focused on the prize which is if you unleash american ingenuity and entrepreneurship and encourage people to uh, work and give them the freedom to work uh you know that's why i think we've created 3.7 million new jobs since november 2016 and we're at a record high now on working americans and uh for the first time i'd say in well, since 9-11. I mean, I, we used to do polling when I was at Delta Trust, and we uh, did a lot of presentations on the economy when I was there. And to see 54 of Americans now say our best days are ahead, this is some of the most encouraging feelings our families are having and work opportunities in 15-plus years. And that's exciting for the young people coming out of school now. There's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, and they they should be able to look towards the future with some hopefulness for a change instead of saying, well, the only way I'll be able to do that is if the government helps me. Mm -hmm. Government's not going to, doesn't have to help you. If the government gets out of your way, you're going to be very successful. Mm -hmm. In my last question for you before we get done, the whole trade thing with the, uh, the, the, the president, we got just about 60 seconds, good, bad, or... We're still sitting and watching to see what happens. We're in a sit-and-watch mode, and I really have urged the president to combine with the Congress. You know, the Constitution gives regulation of commerce between foreign nations to the Congress. And we've worked together on tax cuts. We've worked together on regulatory reform. Let's work together and create a tax policy that will accomplish the president's goals of an open China and more opportunity for our exports and our workers and not penalize in the short run our our farmers when we get into a tit-for-tat tariffs. All right. Congressman, I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks for giving us the 24, 25 minutes we had. You have a great afternoon. Great to be with you. Great to be. Bye-bye now. All right. So we'll be back in just a moment. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of topics out there that uh, we, we being me and Shelly, are going to tackle. Stick around. There's a lot more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. Let's uh, look at some of the big stories that are going on. Trump looking forward to second meeting with Putin amid widespread blowback this week over his comments uh, relating to the summit in Helsinki with Russian President Putin. President Donald Trump is declaring the meeting a success and going on the warpath against the media 
which is uh, labeling the real enemy of the people. Well, the left is out to destroy America. Thank you. That, that's not anything that people don't know. Absolutely. Or if they, if they deny it, uh, they're in denial at that point. The summit with Russia was a great success, success, except with the real enemy of the people, the fake news media, Trump wrote. I look forward to our second meeting in the fall. He just told Ambassador Bolton today mm-hmm. to set to start set the up. wheels turning to get to get into the meeting. Uh, he said uh, implementing some of the many things discussed, including stopping terrorism, security for Israel, nuclear proliferation, cyber attacks, trade, the Ukraine, Middle East peace, North Korea, and more. There are many answers, some easy, some hard to these problems, but they can all, all caps, mm-hmm. be solved. The summit with Russia was a great success, except with the real enemy of the people, the fake news media. I look forward to the second meeting so that we can start implementing some of the many things discussed, including, again, stopping terrorism, security for Israel, nuclear pro- proliferation. The president then tweeted a montage which aired on Fox and Friends earlier of uh, times in which he's acknowledged Russia meddled in the 2016 election, although he also left open the possibility of China and other nations or individuals also meddling. By the way, it's come out that the Russians were probably not the people who got to hack uh, Hillary's emails. So when did that come out? Uh, it came out uh, late yesterday. I haven't heard they're, that. They're saying that it was probably China. I mean, how many people? Me. How I many? Mean, how many people don't remember how much China was in? Sure. Clinton's. You know, trying to get into the the Pentagon yeah. and, and everything, and yeah. into our the one that scared me to be honest is reading that they were. Uh, hacking into the power grid of America. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. But, and and uh, as far as the the hacking of uh, of Russia, and now we're, we're getting, you're saying, news that it may not have even been Russia. You know, everybody says they meddled. No. They attempted, if it's even true. And it's like, you know, if you really sit back and think about it, have we even really seen facts? I mean, like, we're just all going by what everybody's saying, and, and, and even the Republicans and Paul Ryan, all, you know, all of them are just, uh, it's like they're carrying the water, saying, drinking the Kool-Aid. So, yes, they meddled. There's no doubt about it. Well, where's the evidence of that, first of all? I'm not saying they did or they didn't. I, at this point, after hearing the story you just said, I'm not even sure if they even tried. But we do know one thing, and that is the Hillary Clinton campaign. They say they got duped and got an email saying that they need to change their passwords. And so they went there and fell for it, which that's something a grandma on AOL would fall for. Okay, I'm sorry. You're not going to fall. I mean, that that sounds suspicious as all get out, but that they were rerouting. They went to this this website and they changed their email address. I mean, they changed their passwords. And then that's how Russia supposedly got them. And this all started with the fake dossier and Hillary Clinton. So I, I, I question at this point, did they even try to meddle? You know, I do. But but they didn't met. They it didn't work. If they if they did, it still didn't work. Just, and so they I, didn't meddle. But here's the other thing, and I've had some people have long 
email chains with me, text chains with me, because I said on the air, and I stand by what I said, that here in our country, we've meddled in people's and nation's elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you can go back to the late 40s uh, when we were starting that. And I'll just name some of the nations. Chile. Mm-hmm. Iran. Mm-hmm. Guatemala. Check. And, and, there, and, and just the most recent one uh, being a, a couple of years uh, back when President Obama uh, told our intelligence ag- agencies to meddle in the Israeli election. Yeah. To try to make sure that Netanyahu didn't win, yeah, because he didn't follow the uh, you know the 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 way Obama felt about how Israel should be running their business. And let's not forget Obama's apology tour, where that's meddling as far as I'm concerned, because he went across the world to all these countries in order to gain support when he was running for office, so that Americans could say. And then media could say, well, the world, let, because, you know, they hated us under George Bush, and now they're going to love us if Obama's president. And that influences a lot of it. There are people out there that think that our uh, reputation is extremely important insofar as these other countries go, and they don't even know what countries they're even think it's important. I mean, that's all they do. They, they take what the media says. So. That's meddling, not to mention the left are the meddlers. They meddle in all of our elections by, uh, you know, we have dead people that vote, okay, uh, or they go around in the in the poverty neighborhoods or whatever, they're, you know, constantly, you know, trying to, to get uh, all the black people and, and all that to try to vote, of course, for them, you know, offering to take them to the polls. Uh, that's not like a nonpartisan type thing to do. I mean, they go in and they're they're rushing to the polls and tell them to vote for. I mean, we've ne- you know we've never seen more meddling than the the left in this country and the media in our very own elections, and it's disgusting mm-hmm. and it's the height of hypocrisy. And it's just time they just get called out. People need to stand up and call these people out. Well, I just want to go and look at you know the subject that we're talking about today. And that is that uh, people are upset because the Soviets tried to meddle in our election. Folks, that type of stuff has been going on for years. Right. That's why we protect ourselves. Always doing, that's, yeah, well, that's I mean, why that's you're supposed to be. Of, yeah, they're you're supposed, supposed to, to be, be trying. Everybody's supposed to be trying to figure out what everybody's doing. That's right. And uh, it just is amazing to me that everybody gets all bent out of shape. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. Just, I just feel uh, feel that way. Yeah. Okay, I got to read something to you. You're, okay. you're going to laugh at this. Oh, good. You, so know, who, you know who Diane von Furstenberg is? Uh, oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. I watched a, her show on E, actually. She's a very, you know, she's such a big feminist, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Well, von Furstenberg takes real issue with Viagra. Oh, Okay. She, the fashion designer, said in a new interview with the Times that Viagra, the drug that helps erectile dysfunction, has harmed women. The worst thing that has happened to women in the last 15 years is Viagra, the 
VF said. How cute is that from a fashion designer? Yeah. That's so cute. For men, it used to be all about getting it up. <laughs> Did I? Can I? There was a certain fairness. A certain fairness. fairness. A woman couldn't have a child after 40, right? Though even that doesn't exist anymore. But the man could have a child until 65, but sexually after a while. Now with Viagra, they just feel, I think Viagra is the worst thing. It appears the iconic designer and her husband, Barry Dillard, don't have to worry about the blue pill because they live separately (laughs) in New York. I like, as she said, of their separate apartments. Even in L.A., I often use the guest room because he sleeps with two dogs on the bed. Are we still on planet Earth? Why, why, uh, this is the, I, I'm sorry. This I is just, so mind blowing. I'm that, not. I'm that not. She's even. That this. Yeah. I don't understand about. I'm very confused. There was a certain fairness about a man not having erectile dysfunction at 45. This is a thing, according to her. And as a woman yeah. couldn't have a child after 40, right? That see that that wasn't fair. Though even that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That, wow. She'd be fun. I'd love to just sit yeah, down and, and yeah. talk to her. <laughs> I really her would. I'd just try to dig into her head. Pick that brain. <laughs> and find, if there is one. If there is. Right. Well, we got to find that out, out what's uh, uh, going, going on. Now, in San Francisco, they're having a problem of illegals registering to vote. San Francisco began registering non-citizens including undocumented immigrants, to register to vote Monday in the November election for the city school board. Oh, my The move follows passage of a 2016 ballot measure by San Francisco voters opening school elections to non-citizens who are over the age of 18 city residents and have children under 19. This is a no-brainer legislation, Hillary Ronan. How interesting that her first name is Hillary. uh, A San Francisco supervisor. Why would we not want our parents invested in the education of their children? We want to give immigrants the right to vote. Norman Yee, also a county supervisor. Immigrants are illegal aliens. Yeah, uh, that's what this this is the problem. Yeah, they're talking... They're they're lumping them all together. Oh, okay. I the reason I voted against it is that I think the right to vote is something that goes along with citizenship and should be. San Francisco became the first city in California to allow non-citizens to vote in local elections following passage of measure N with a 54% of the vote after two previous failed tries. There are concerns that the non-citizen voter registration rolls, which will be open, could be used to target people who entered the U.S. illegally, reported the San Francisco Examiner. Are immigrants, are they vulnerable? Absolutely, said Supervisor Sandra Lee Fewer. But in San Francisco, we stand stronger together. Uh. So anyway, if you're an illegal... You now can vote there in the city of San Francisco. And that's, legally. That's that's not election meddling, is it? Yeah, not at all. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just it's amazing. I mean, this is why. Wait until MS-13 gets on the school board. Well, they'll be yeah, MS-13 will be, yeah, and they'll be in the lunchroom making lunches for the kids and yeah, stuff. They'll, you know? They're going to run and, and run the schools. more than lunch. Yeah. You can go to class be, after lunch and go into, you try know, these kids. How, to, like, how, how to terrorize your neighborhood 101 and stuff. Like, how, that, I mean, that's that has to go against california's constitution to even i don't understand how this even is it's because of governor moonbeam i mean this guy is crazy they know he's crazy he was governor one time before and people got rid of him because he was so nuts and now He's doing even nuttier stuff, sure. but the people who are voting are nuttier than he yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at their constituency, obviously, but I mean... Uh, and then, of course... And, of course, this opens the Pandora's box to spread around in other cities, yeah, you know, yeah, where, where yeah. next thing you know, New York City's going to be trying... I mean, this is... this. No, de Blasio would love that, the sure, socialist course. idiot that he is. Oh, of course. No, of that'd course. Be really and it's funny, we haven't heard amazing. anything about this story at all from the from the mainstream media that you just told us about yeah that's a, who wrote that it was published a, by whom let me see real quick who uh, wrote the story literally the first i've heard of that and that was uh from uh the sacramento bee of oh. course the major uh you know newspaper of sacramento sure sac b used to be one of the best newspapers in the united states wouldn't bet on it anyway. <laughs> all right let's get a break in Shelly and I'll be right back. We got a lot more to talk. There's a lot of stuff just There's floating so out much. there that you don't have time to to read everything. That's what they pay me to do. I love that. They pay me to sit and read <laughs> things. All right. It's uh, 10 minutes uh, until 4 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay. So Shelly has got me really interested now. <laughs> Joe, her, her, uh, her father, uh, is a guide up on the white yep. for trout fishing. For Bill Terry's boat. Okay, dog. I want yeah. you. I want you to listen to this, Russ. They're catching around a hundred trout a day. Mm-hmm. I think you and I need to go fishing. What do you think? And they we do a shore lunch too, and they yeah. cook. They cook your your catch There's, right there. They ca- mm-hmm. cook some of it so you can right. get a, you can get a taste, and then go home, and then you can put it on the grill. Yeah, there Except, ain't nothing uh, like grilling trout man and having it for dinner i'm just telling you, i love trout oh yeah and these i've had some fresh trout one here it's bill terry's boat dock and it's, it's in calico rock which is just north of mountain view about 15 minutes but um they uh they my dad brought some fresh trout and I, and he fried it but but he also the first time he baked them and i'm not a big fish like i'll do fried or whatever but yeah uh i tried it and i mean i scarfed up like two or three of them they're good good. man yeah yeah. trout's good and it's good for you yeah and you can't find better fishermen than bill terry or my dad i mean i mean they'll put you on them i mean your dad and i will will float the 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 river and catch a bunch of fish and solve all the world's problems and solve them all right in a day and <laughs> we and, can do uh, it in a I mean, day yes and y'all be ready and ripe for trump to appoint y'all to something there you go absolutely me too absolutely me too. Uh, yeah <laughs> the problem is i don't want to live in dc i don't like that city i never liked that city it's yeah. fun to go to for to visit just I know to see what you, mean. you know the yeah all of the 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 great monuments but here's what happens to me when i go to washington dc 
and it happens the very first day i'm there because i always like to go over to you know the the seat of the washington monument the lincoln memorial Mm -hmm. and all the other memorials and then as i'm walking down that area and i'm looking at all these great americans Mm -hmm. and then i look to the left and to the right (laughs) And all I see is all the government buildings, the swamp, and I all know. and and all of the the businesses yeah. that are just eating our taxes alive. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad because I just wonder if the find if the founding fathers came back, what they would do. Something tells me people like Jefferson and Washington and Adams. They'd be cleaning your guns again. Oh, mm, just absolutely no doubt about it. No doubt about yeah. it. And all the lobbyists. I mean, they're oh, all yeah. the swamp to yeah. K Street. Oh, my gosh. They, they'd be it's just a totally cesspool petri out. dish up there. Yeah. Unbelievable. It is. It truly is. It's sad. It is you, so you, sad. You, you, you look at those monuments. You look, I, Makes when me I mad. look and look I'm at the Washington actually, Monument, yeah. and I think about the our first president, and what he stood for, and, and you know, a lot of the founding fathers wanted to crown him king, and he said no. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted him to serve for more than two terms. Sure. Which is how long you, then you could serve as long as you wanted to. It was, they didn't change it to just two until FDR. And, you know, I just know that Washington would say, this is not uh, just this, what we this is small amount of time. Yeah. You can't figure this out already. Yeah. You've already sc- trying to screw it up. Yeah. I mean, I got to believe he told him it then and now he'd be really going crazy. Oh, yeah. He's got to be spinning his grave. Well, I mean, we've got a, a left uh, that left has always been dangerous to our country um, uh, and the mainstream media, which is left. Um, but they've never i i've just in the last few days and and taken in everything and and whatnot and looking back and uh especially back to the bishop administration when we thought that was at the height of discourse in this country we thought it net we'd never seen it worse well guess what that got to we've off. seen it worse and it's to the point now where it's dangerous dave i mean it's to the point where our, everything everything matters and the and our second amendment comes into the play with all this stuff even with the russia thing and everything our 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 right to protect ourselves has never been more important than it is to this very single day because we literally have basically a coup on the left that literally want to destroy not just this president but this country and everything it stands for in the fabric of our nation and take over it like a Hitler, they 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 love communism. They love the Karl Marx thing. They love that stuff, y'all. And it's evil. It's evil. And it's not just a a, a, a what I you, we used to call uh, you know partisan debate, Republican Party, you know this or that. It's now it's a fight of good versus evil is what's coming down to. And I'm not calling all Democrats evil. Uh, no, you're just calling it all socialists. Yeah, the ones. And I'm not even calling the ones, you know, there's some that are so far left. I mean, like Bernie Sanders left that I'm actually friends with a few of them on Facebook that, you know, we it, it, it's it's more of a, a thing where you you want the same things. You just vehemently disagree on how to go about it. And they blindly 
believe in that that the left is the one that's going to get get us to where we all want to be and it's just not you know all right we gotta get out of here get to the news when we come back i'll tell you there's a latino uh enclave in los angeles and this guy that has a coffee shop is a bush supporter and a bunch of mass people stood in front of it yesterday and threw feces at it oh my god we'll talk about it when we come back on the dave ellswick show all right let's move into this uh our final live hour of the show today coming up in the next hour if you didn't hear the uh first hour of the show that uh, each week we do with the uh, spokesman for the governor's office you need to be here and, and listen to it because there's some really uh, important uh, things that are we're going to talk about uh, during that hour. Now, I'm looking here. Let me get to – I just somehow flipped over to something else. Uh, going back and uh, to my buddies over at Fox News, and they're got a, quite a few things talking about I want to. I'm going to have a story for you. I told everybody I first would tell them the story of the coffee shop uh, in. Uh, By the way, what, what what links do you follow to get these? You you come up with the the best stories, but they're the most bizarre. Start. And the most I start with the Drudge Report. Never heard for. Okay, I need to follow. Are they, do they have a Facebook page? Oh okay. yeah. Okay, I need yeah. to. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one to go to. You'll, yeah, you'll, you'll find the left, on that one, yeah. the left doing yeah. their fun stuff all the time on there. Oh, sure, yeah. But this is one that I got today from Fox News that I found really interesting because my son-in-law uh, is getting ready to go active duty in the Army. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a story that came out in the Military Times, the Army Military Times, that I was very happy to see. This happened about three weeks ago. You know how... During the time Obama was president, being the commander-in-chief, uh, he had the troops going to two- and three-hour meetings dealing with uh, getting on along with tra- transsexuals and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, there, and there was other stuff, it, all social engineering things. Sure. Uh, about three weeks ago, the, the military announced that they were going to start going back in training uh, for the the army uh, grunt out there of how to fight, you know, about mm-hmm. how to different ways of of moving to flank the enemy and all of that. Well, that's what you should be learning because that's what your job is. Right. Your job is not going to be, uh, you know, telling Corporal Klinger that he can't run around in a in a dress and <laughs> and in women's panties or anything yeah. like that. It, your job is to go out and kill the enemy. Right. So anyway, they've got a brand new firearm now that's coming up with the uh, with them. They've got a a new small um, weapon. Looks like a machine gun. Mm-hmm. But it will have M1 Abrams main battle tank style blasting power. A uh, these uh, these rifles when they they fire them. Uh, well, here let me just read this. The goal is for the weapon's chamber pressure to achieve similar similar levels to battle tanks. 
Recent conflicts have shown that currently issued weapons have not been sufficient when tackling the challenge of forces with defense innovation and access to modern equipment. Even if a threat is about 2,000 feet away, listen to this, 2,000 feet away, and seemingly well protected, the new weapon will blast through enhanced body armor. Mm-hmm. That means you you got the discs, the you know, and whatnot. The bad guy does. Well, at two thousand feet, mm-hmm. you'll be able to kill him as well as you could have probably at a hundred feet. Yeah. Um, distance, accuracy, ergonomics, and lethality. How lethal is the rifle? Are all expected to be improved in this new generation of weapon. Infantry will also be able to take advantage of new specially designed, harder-hitting, lighter-weight bullets. The aim is for these NG SARS to fire bullets at pressure levels similar to those achieved by tanks when they fire. The Army would like the new weapon chamber pressure to be between 60 and 80 kilopound per square inch. That's a lot of pressure. I'll just tell you, that's a lot of pressure. To put that into context, the Army's M1 Abrams main battle tank fires at a chamber pressure uh, of uh, 60, 65 kilopound per square inch. These weapons will be able to shoot somewhere near 80 per square inch a lot stronger than what the uh, the tanks are shooting. And to put that into context, the Army's M1 Abrams main battle tank fires at that chamber pressure. Assault rifles tend to be around 45 kilos pound per square inch, so this will definitely be higher. Currently, an M249 saw weight when empty is 17 pounds. This new weapon which has more punch, will weigh in at less than 12 pounds. And uh, the gun being, you know, five pounds later, you pick up a gallon of milk. In fact, pick up two gallons of milk and go out and run a quarter of a mile and then run it without it, and you'll you'll get the the feel about what we're talking Uh about. All right, the aim is for the new ammo to be 20% less than an equal brass case weight. With the butt stock down, the Army also aims for it to be 35 inches long or less. In terms of dispersion, both the automatic 14-inch and the semi-automatic 7-inch will have an average mean radius of uh, 1,312 feet The fire control, including day and night optics, will be a maximum of three pounds. The uh, rate of fire will be 60 rounds per minute, or real quick math, there's how many seconds in a minute? 60, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to shoot a bullet every second. Second, yeah. And uh, with a three-round burst for 15 minutes without a barrel change or cook-off. So the Army is searching for a Goldilocks solution to ammo fit for the current and future conflicts. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. It should make everybody feel good for our men and 
in uniform, mm-hmm. especially it's if you're, yeah. you know, a Marine or you're, uh, you know, Special Forces or your Army, and uh, you're going to be shooting at the enemy. I mean, the difference of being able to hit somebody uh, accurately at, you know, say 900 mm-hmm. feet, and with this thing, 2,000 feet, Mm-hmm. That, this would be before the other guys get even close oh, enough yeah. to squeeze off That's a bullet a at you. Big deal. Yeah, so it's a big deal. I just I find that kind of stuff interesting to yeah. keep up on, and I and I definitely now pay attention a little bit closer to it, just because my own son-in-law is going to be sure. uh, over there uh, wherever they decide to send him, uh, protecting us. Okay, so uh, how many will die? We were talking to the, uh, the director of national intelligence, said that President Trump should have issued a more full-throated condemnation this week of Russian election meddling in the uh, 2016 presidential election. Director of national intelligence Dan Coats said Thursday at the Aspen Security Forum, but Coates added, Trump was right to point out this week that Russian interference is just one of many potential threats facing the country. I'm, I wish it had been a little bit different, Coates said his, uh, in, to his interview, uh, her, his interviewer, and who was his interviewer? NBC host Andrea Mitchell. Oh, uh, yeah. It's undeniable that the Russians are taking a lead on this. We're now learning about the dark side, and it's pretty ugly. What we see every day against our institutions, against our military, against our financial services, against our critical in, in infrastructure, stretching from those who have major capabilities of doing this, starting with Russia, including China. Mm-hmm. Add Iran into that. Add ISIS into that. Mm-hmm. Trump faced fierce bipartisan criticism about what he said Monday in Helsinki, but, uh, you know, you know, when you're doing a a press oppressor uh when people are asking a bunch of questions very mm-hmm. quickly it uh sometimes things come out not exactly the way you want them to well you know um and as far as trump goes when he i mean you gotta like sometimes you gotta put yourself in people's shoes and love him or hate him i love him thank god every day for him i'm a horrible deplorable and i'm proud of it but um he is coming from it from the perspective that he has been hammered and battered by factions of the CIA, the FBI, the media, the left, you name it, literally everybody, except for the people who support him, which is the majority of Americans who put him in office um, and still do support him. He's coming at it from the perspective that the Russia things about him because they've made it about him and collusion russia he hears anything like that and it's just no 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 you know and 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 he's also coming from the perspective that if he admits i think he's afraid if he admits that russia meddled that russia you know was able to whatever then all of a sudden he has opened up pandora's box for them to take his words like they do and are doing no matter what he says and twist twist him and for that to come back and bite him in the butt even worse because then he's admitting 
oh, now Trump's admitting now that maybe he did collude with Russia. Do you see? You know, just I mean, Shelley, does it not bother you? I know it bothers me immensely. Is that this whole bit of Russians uh, getting involved, hacking into our our 2016 election? Mm-hmm. Who was president then? Barack who, Obama. Who didn't do anything to stop it and Bar- was told and knew, that it was happening. Yes, knew it was happening. And do you know also that he told in there, I have it, a clip on my phone, a screenshot, and I don't remember who the guy was. This was in June, uh, where uh, Susan Rice, per Obama, told the guy from the CIA, and he this is on record in a Senate hearing from June 16th-ish, somewhere in there, that Susan Rice... Her Obama said, stand down, do not go after Russia, put it on the back burner. And those are quotes, people. Okay, those are quotes from the Obama administration. Those were orders from Susan Rice to the CIA, to the FBI. So what did they do? I mean, it's just. But nobody looks into that. Nobody looks into it. And, they, you know, they talk about, well, they want a transcript of the meeting now you want, between... you want collusion. That's something to Trump ask about. Pe- well, I would like a transcript of when Bill Clinton met with Valerie Jarrett on the tarmac in that plane. And a transfer made the fly, the only fly See, on the wall Jarrett, in there. It was or, the, uh, I mean, Attorney uh, General. Uh, Loretta. Loretta Lynch. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I misspoke. I know, yes. I, know, Lynch, I yeah. knew who you meant. Yes, yes. Sorry. I, they all are like twins to me but anyways <laughs> uh you know who, who wouldn't want a transcript of that you know they were talking about grandbabies and the weddings or whatever i mean come on so you know in the in the left-wing media they just acted like that was no big deal you know and i mean it's just and and by the way they're also the ones who along with everybody through the cia and the fbi under the bus after 9 11 you know they had no problem with that. I mean, my God, the FBI and the CIA were throwing each other under the bus because everybody's pointing fingers. And who did all that? Uh, where did all that start? That started with Clinton. As soon as he took office, what did he do? Things we didn't know. We had no idea until after 9-11 and it all came out, which was he ordered the FBI and CIA to remain separate and not share information. He put blocks in place and, and different things in place to where – they couldn't share yeah, they information. they couldn't even talk to each other. Not to mention it came out that they both agencies knew about the attack and the plan before it ever happened. So you're going to tell me Bill Clinton didn't know about it? Come on. And then and then the Bush gets in office, 9-11 happens, and all of a sudden... It's his fault. It's his fault. Because it happened on his and watch. And they throw under the bus the CIA. They throw under the bus the FBI. And not to mention, this is how ICE and Homeland Security got created, okay, as a result of, because had Clinton not done the things he had done in his administration, well, if he had just gotten Obama, I mean, Osama bin Laden to begin with, that would have never happened. And I don't know about you, but I, along with probably a lot of Americans, that was one of the first times I'd ever heard Osama bin Laden's name was on 9-11. Didn't even know all the history of the years that we know now about him under the Clinton administration, okay? He was not in the news much at all and so let's just get some perspective on that and it was okay back then to throw the cia and the fbi under the bus it was okay back then to you know and then throw bush under the bus and 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 as a result of all that we get ice we get home on screen now it's okay to throw ice under the bus and i never want to forget our police forces across this country as well Mm -hmm. that they do on a daily basis but now all of a sudden you're only a patriot if you stand up 
for your CIA or FBI. I've never in my life been more disgusted with the CIA and the FBI and more have more mistrust than I've ever had ever in my government. Well, during, we all know that during the Obama administration, they were politicized. Everything. The IRS yeah. was politicized. The yeah. attorney general was politicized. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Holland Bottom Farm, don't forget, they now uh, are still serving produce and uh, melons and fruits. They've got squash and zucchini, eggplant, cucumbers, bell, banana, and jalapeno peppers. Plus, they're picking those tomatoes that are big. They're ripe and ready for you to cut into them. Plus, cantaloupe and watermelon and fresh blackberries and fresh blueberries. And so you get the best, fresh from the farm to your table, eat the best fruit, eat the best produce uh, from Holland Bottom Farm. They're out on 321 out there in Cabot. Take that. If you're going coming from here in Little Rock, take the first exit going into Cabot. You'll be out on Highway 5. That turns into 321 on the other side of the road at the stoplight. Keep going on 321. Go over the big Vidoc down the road about a mile and a half. You'll go over that, and then on your right-hand side, you'll find Holland Bottom Farm. Uh, fresh from the farm to your table. I use them all the time. Check it out there at Holland Bottom Farm. All right, don't forget uh, about uh, our good friends over at uh, Aero Plumbing, aeroplumbing.net, 100% satisfaction guarantee if you're not 100 percent satisfied with the service that they've given to you they'll refund all of your money on top of that if the plumber shows up swears in your home or doesn't wear his little booties you know those little shoes they wear like surgeons wear when they go into the surgeons uh, into the operating room or they've not been drug tested you find out they weren't drug tested you don't have to pay for the service either. either. And then last but not least, if a repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it again at no charge to you. You can't ask for much more from a from a you know somebody doing their thing and trying to service you the way that you want to be serviced. And they've got the best uh, plumbers, master plumbers. Uh, they've got the best technology, so they can dig under your parking lot or under your flower bed or whatever, and repair uh you know those leaks and stuff without having to dig everything else up as well that's why i use them been using them for 14 15 years that's arrow plumbing go to aeroplumbing.net or just visit google and google in arrow plumbing and you'll find all the information you need uh to get ready to use them to fix your problems that's arrow plumbing we're down to uh, just uh, a minute for, before the news. So before we get into any uh, new uh, talking points here that we'll want to do, uh, I will tell you one thing that I will bring up in the next uh, segment is going to be that Chick-fil-A is getting rid of something that they have had on their menu since the franchise opened. And I'll tell you what that is. And a lot of people are not happy about it. It's and, not straws, uh, is it? 
No, oh, it's not strong. In fact, you know, ever since we did that story, I've seen it everywhere. Have you seen yes. it everywhere too? Remember I said that's a crock. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second. We're, I couldn't figure out how those straws were getting up their noses and everything. Yeah, we we are all over and in front of a lot of stuff. But yeah, Chick Fil A is up next when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and Shelly will be here with me. What did I always tell you happens on my show? I'll wor- I'll run out during a break get something to quickly eat and we always come back before i finished it all (laughs) i'm eating as quickly as i can we were just talking about i was going to tell you something about chick-fil-a they'd had chick-fil-a here uh for lunch and uh, they brought it. They bought a bunch You're of. You're going to tell me that they're getting rid of the Chick Fil A sauce? I'm really going to be upset. No, no. It's something that. What have you always been able to get from Chick Fil A since they opened? Chicken biscuit. Nope. I already know, but I'm not going to tell. Can I tell? Go ahead. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Lemonade. You, gas game, right? you got to look it's into my. It's not food. It's not food. It's not food. It's a calendar. You're going to let oh. me tell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Calendar. Yeah, all the cow, they're not going to do the cal- calendar anymore. You just stole anymore. my thunder. I, I did. I apologize. You know, going to make it really dramatic and fun. Like, oh my gosh. You should see some of the people, they've tweeted to Chick-fil-A since they announced this. Uh, saying that the, the 2018 cow calendars, or the 2017, uh, you got them last year and they apply for this year are not going to last each calendar comes with a calendar card which includes a free food item each month no purchase is necessary when redeeming monthly free featured offers great gifts for birthdays holidays more and uh, i was looking down here at some uh audra kate says excuse me at chick-fil-a but retiring the cow calendar is not okay it's unfair that my children will have to grow up in a world without cow calendars and i'm mad about it is she serious i mean is she really serious hold on let me read some of these other ones are are these comments from a tweet or something yeah these are tweets oh my god they're they're publishing um where is it here there was another one that was even better than that one uh basically a lady wrote in and said my parents my parents have been buying me the calendar every year for christmas for as long as i can remember another said the calendar was the quote backbone of my uh, college survival as uh, this tweet uh, tweeter said he it was the only time he could get a free meal every month these had to be left-wing nuts. I never thought that someone... Oh, left they need a safe space they would, no, I'm just telling you, they, <laughs> they're not the ones that are going to eat at some place that doesn't believe in same-sex marriage. Well, th- th- you say that, but they're the they're the most hypocritic people in the world. So, yes, yeah, they will. hypocritical. Yes, they That's will. True. They're eating there. I never thought that someone I love so much could hurt me so deeply. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you got to love that one, Ross. And then last but not least, it's un- okay, I just read this one. It's unfair that my children will have to grow up in a world right. no oh cow God. calendars, and I'm mad about it. 
So anyway, it's it's disappearing. They did say at the end of their announcement, it was a more positive piece of news for Chick-fil-A. The chain announced plans last week to open its first location in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. So I guess, you know, if you want to take um, get a plane flight or or get on the um, on a boat and go over to Hawaii and get, hey, o- and, get and, over and there and hang out in front of the Chick-fil-A on the day they open. Chick-fil-A is kind of like the, one of those right-wing, few right-wing places, and, and you'll be able to have straws forever there. There you go. I'm like Starbucks, y'all. I think it's so funny that we did that story on Tuesday. Right. And and I was having fun just making right? fun of fun. it. You said they were on cocaine. I think, the yeah, the, I think that I, I, I really think <laughs> the turtles were... You know that that was they had the straws up their nose so they could do a line of cocaine. That's or a fast something. turtle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ones that you see run Running across, across. <laughs> the road, those are the ones that are using the straws. But the bottom line is, is that um, never did you guys think that I was really. No, telling you a, a true story. I you thought you I was, was just making Tell stuff up. Yes, I said there's. I asked if they were at the coffee straws because I didn't think their nostrils were big enough. I thought it was absurd. <laughs> Plus, I you know I've been been rerouting those suckers and getting out of my car every five seconds all spring. You know, moving them because you don't want to hit them or whatever. And then turned out that was the wrong thing to do because it just, confuses them. Yeah, you just ask ask a person and say what's more important on the news that. Turtles are getting straws stuck up their nose, mm-hmm. or we can't control our borders. And they'll tell you it's about the turtles. It's all about the turtles. That's what they left to do. I'm just yeah. telling you. The and they're going to take nuts our straws about that stuff. from us. So. Yeah, you're going to not. I mean, I'm then, sit, like, I seriously so contemplate like, going and just buying a gazillion of them and hoarding them. So. It may have been in today's dim gas that Jennifer Christman, who writes the column once a week, mm-hmm. she's talking about straws. What's she saying? I, I didn't read it. I oh. just saw it and I was said, "Was she just I, reporting I on like, it?" Or? No, no. She was. It's just, she writes. She's uh, bashing them. Gotcha. She, she writes a, an opinion on it. Whether she bashed on it or not, I don't know. All I know <laughs> is that she even was talking about it. Right. Everybody it's was, like, Dave. It's I like, think you. It, you it, it, maybe you it, started something. My mom even said because I was on the way home. I got to about Cabot on the way back to Mountain View and. She said, by the way, because she had watched on Facebook Live, she said, I'll yeah. listen to the straw and the turtle thing. By the way, um, let's, on NBC, Lester Holt, and they showed it, and, and it's true. Those straws really are up those turtles' noses. <laughs> I said, what? I was like, and that we don't I'm have, telling you, they're not seeing the, the, the like, line of cocaine. Right. This is crazy. There's, a lo- there's, a, there, there's cocaine involved in this somewhere. <laughs> Just ask the CIA. They right, could, they could right, tell us. Right. You know, if they'll tell us. We just thought that. turtles are supposed to be slow. Yeah, that's it. All right, yeah. let's get a break. We'll come back, finish this up for today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, at 5 o'clock, we will repeat our interview with J.R. Davis from the governor's office. A lot of important things in that hour that you'll want to hear about. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. Uh, they are well on their way now on their uh, reconstruction of their original location on 12th Street. Uh, they moved into that location back in the uh, mid-80s, and uh, they're tearing it down and tearing out the foundation. The, the house was built uh, in the late 
but it's 1800s, I, I do believe. And, uh, you know, it's over 100 years old. In fact, I asked uh, Gary if he had checked into it, if they could <laughs> tear it down. That, you know, might be some kind of historical significance to it or something. But anyway, they are moving on. They're building a state-of-the-art facility now. It's got the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. And uh, once it's uh, back together again, you update that facility in here in Little Rock, and then you've got five other facilities as well now, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy's, and, uh, and others that are on the, the planning stages to be fixed as well. And Horton's going to be able to meet what they always tell you it's all about, patient relationships, taking care of their patients, keeping the patient happy, and giving them the type of movement that they want is uh, what they're all about. It's their priority. So remember about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics that they provide a lifetime of support. Now, I got to tell you, all the different companies that I talk about, uh, I use uh, here, or, or I just know the people who you know own those businesses and know them well enough that I know that they're going to take really uh, good care of you, so you can you know keep all of that uh, together. You know, we were talking a, a moment ago, and there was something else that you wanted to bring up. I'll let you do that when we get okay. uh, get done talking about this. We were talking about how the left now, you know, they don't want to be civil about any of this no. this stuff at mm -hmm. all. I mean, you know, Waters and all the stuff that we've mm -hmm. seen happen. You know, what happened to Sanders being asked to leave a restaurant, mm -hmm. people approaching the, the lady that's the head of Homeland Security yeah. and and uh, literally making her leave because they were yelling at her yeah. and whatnot. Well, there's this uh, area in uh, L.A. Used to be a Jewish neighborhood that's now predominantly Latino. Uh, they One of the, the Jewish... Uh, uh, folks from that neighborhood have a uh, coffee cafe, and the owner uh, has supported Donald Trump, which is kind of surprising because most Jews didn't support yeah. Donald Trump unless they have and dual in LA, and they so have yeah and they part. have dual dual citizenship yeah. like in the United States and in Israel. I like it. So anyway, they're trying to basically force this guy out of the neighborhood, and the uh, he they. Fixed up his place, uh, made it look different, uh, much more accommodating for the patrons and things of that nature. And these left-wing idiots show up, and uh, they were standing outside the coffee shop. People are there uh, enjoying their morning brew or whatever, and these people show up in masks. Oh, they have masks. On. Yeah, that's, that's of course scary. they're 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 not they're, they're 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 cowards. They're not. Yeah, you know. So anyway, they put them pulled the masks down and they threw feces at the coffee shop. Is is this inside or on the the windows outside? Outside, they were throwing outside. it from outside. Mm -hmm. and I think they're probably afraid that if they went inside, they may have gotten shot. Sure. You remember that during the they LA? Shot. You remember during oh, yeah. the LA riots? Oh yeah, when the, I remember. They were going in and. And setting the Koreans' yes, restaurants yes, on because I that. They, that, that was horrible. But, but that wasn't racist, of course. That wasn't racist, right? But uh, to protect their property, the Koreans got on top of their 
businesses with shotguns yes, and rifles. I remember very and they well. And they killed a, a couple of these demonstrators, yeah. and they were the ones that got punished. Yes. Not what the demonstrators would yes. do. But so, you know, the left. But by the way, did these people get arrested? You know, it doesn't say it. It doesn't say anything, so I'm going to assume they didn't take anybody. And this was all anybody. just because this man supports, supports Donald, Trump, Donald Trump, the president. I mean, this yeah. is where we're at, y'all. Yep. This is where we're at. Yeah. It's it's beyond scary now. They, say, they, threw, they threw poop at his uh, business. Scared, scared his customers, of course. You know, those customers may never come back again. Right. So literally what they're trying to do is to force him out of the sure. neighborhood. Yeah. I think there's two things at play here. I think he he likes Trump, and two, he's a Jew. I think. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a I, double I bad combo. I don't think people realize yeah. how badly anti-Semitism uh, uh, is here in this country. It's, it's terrible. People hate hate the Jews. I yeah. don't understand. I don't get it either. You know? I don't get it either. But you said oh, you wanted to bring up something. I did, and it, and it actually, it's not like some. Well, it is off the wall because it's MSNBC, but I don't I haven't heard it since last night, and I haven't heard it even on any of the talk shows today, radio shows, or in the news, or whatever. So I'm hoping you haven't heard it yet, and I'm like breaking news here, but because um, I mean, I'm sure none of our listeners watch MSNBC. I do it, and I have just because you got to know what the enemy's saying and stuff. But <laughs> on Brian Williams' show, Brian Williams, okay, who never lies, right? Last night, except that he saw he saw dead bodies floating down the streets in uh, sure, New Orleans. That sure. didn't happen, and a whole lot of other things. So that this he is a true story. On. Could not believe my ears. I literally came unglued. They started talking about. They of course we're talking about Russia and Trump and collusion and all this. But we have a new thing now. I don't know if it's going to catch on or not. But I'm just warning everybody out there: stay tuned because there's a very good chance it could. Now all of a sudden. Russia has given had given thirty million dollars to the NRA, y'all. The NRA, and they funneled that. The NRA funneled that Russian money to Trump's campaign and helped get him elected. And weren't just talking about how this was going to be investigated, and they were calling for investigations everywhere and this and that over the NRA. So now we got collusion with Russia, Trump, the NRA. But now we're talking about also all the money that's going to affect these upcoming elections that the nra has from russia this is where we're at if you're not a second Amendment i had supporter, not heard about you, that yes true story google it brian williams he he i swear to you last night it was not on rachel maddow because she talks about that kind of stuff all the time and nobody picks up on it and cares but this was actually brian williams um and but the, i mean uh, you know I, I, all i gotta say is uh, None, none of your freedoms are, are any good without the Second Amendment. I've always said it should be the First Amendment. You're right to protect yourself because if you can't protect yourself, it doesn't matter about anything else. If you can't secure yourself, protect you and your family, uh, what good are all the other rights? And so the Second Amendment ties into this just foreign policy even, y'all. I mean, it ties into every, everything matters here. And we're in a, a state of our country where – it's getting dangerous, and I mean, we do. We have a left wing coup that is trying to d- destroy and overthrow our government with words. They're not using weapons; they're using words, and they're using people, and and they're using their actions and whatnot. And it's it's the Second Amendment. Just everybody needs to to vehemently support it more than ever before. Support the NRA because they're the only thing standing between us and and our. Okay, and our so rights. this was an article that Vanity Fair wrote. Oh, okay. A left-leaning rag, all right? Yeah. 
the NRA, it says, was sent $30 million to elect Trump. Congressional Democrats, the FBI, and Robert Mueller want to know why Putin tied uh, oligarchs took such an interest in American gun ownership. St. Basil the Great clearly earned his nickname. The Turkish holy man was a scholar who aided victims of drought and who fought prostitution. Sadly, his views on gun ownership are unknown. He died in 379. Yet, a charity named after the saint may turn out to be one key connection between the National Rifle Association and uh, Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election. There you go. The FBI and special counsel Robert Mueller are investigating meetings between NRA officials and powerful Russian operatives trying to determine if these contacts had anything to do with the gun group spending $30 million to help elect Donald Trump, triple what it invested on behalf of Mitt Romney. No big surprise there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The use of foreign money in American political campaigns is illegal. One encounter of particular interest to investigators is between Donald Trump They might Jr. tell that to the Clintons when they ran for In a Russian banker at an NRA dinner. The Russian wooing of the NRA executives goes back to at least 2011. So I don't have time to read all of this. Mm-hmm. It's just... Um, but here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Because, you know... It's honestly, all based on hearsay. I'm after, looking at it now. And, and it's after all they indicted the 12 hearsay. Russians Friday... It was basically, if you could read between the lines of Rosenstein, he's sending it back to counterintelligence. He's not even vet. Like, it's a, the Russian things that they don't have anything on Trump. They're get, so now we're going to go after the NRA. Okay. So um, I look for this to take off. Yeah. Look just, for this to take off. You know, this is the next big, um, big thing. And the, this is beyond frightening. And everyone should be terrified. The <laughs> one that I really laughed about, though, I have to tell you was the people who were going absolutely back guano and were saying that the NRA should be shut down. They should the government should not give money, money to the to NRA. The, the government doesn't give, give money, money to, to the, the NRA, NRA, you dummies. <laughs> So, you know who gives money to the NRA? People like me with a lifetime measure. Yeah. All right. We're but, the ones giving them the, the money. Ignoramuses. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 You just want to have. No, the government. You want to well, have a high school dropout tell you what all the truth is. Right, right. A kid from down in Florida. What an idiot. I know. I know. Idiot. I know. All I know. right. I just. Uh, I've been hopping mad this week, Dave. Hopping mad. I bet you have. I mean, I'm, I think I feel a lot better now that I've unloaded. Well, I haven't got it all out. I, there's more. But I, I'm, I'm sure. Good for, I, I'm good now. I can smile and laugh and play with Facebook memes with my friends now. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> for the fine. weekend. Okay. Well, you have a great weekend. We'll see you again next Thursday. Uh, Shelly joins us on Thursday. She's been, she was here Tuesday because Elizabeth couldn't be here and she filled in, and she's done a great job this week. Thank and I you. thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I love it. I love doing it. Appreciate it's a good it. time. All right, tomorrow, Mitch Breitweiser joins us right out of the box. We'll be talking to him. They've raised, are you ready for this one? $92,000, Russ, for their uh, new uh, 
comic books that they're they're starting off with. So they're doing fantastic. Then uh, Cat Robinson, the queen of food, all over you. The Arkansas landscape will be here for a couple hours. We'll talk food with her. Can't talk to, about food with her without knowing that you're going to hit every aspect of Arkansas. All right, we'll be back and see you tomorrow for the final show this week here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.